may I record you? May I turn on some Smokey Robinson and record you? Uh, we're just recording podcast here. Um, so who, uh, who who did when Smokey sings? Who was that? I don't. I, I don't know. Is that a thing? Is that a yeah, is that a song? There's a song from the '80s when Smokey sings. Uh, was it recorded by Bruce Springsteen? Yeah, Be- because uh, no, it wasn't. Uh, that's on a B sides album. I'm positive. Uh, when Smokey Sings is uh, written by or it w- was performed by an English pop band called ABC. Uh, ABC. Um, uh, it's on their first fourth studio album, Alphabet City. Um, I remember hearing about this band and not liking them. I'm yeah. sure that um, uh, I I didn't. Uh, I, I, I'm sure I didn't care for them. Uh, it it looks like a two man um, British pop uh, album or you know group. Uh, similar to, um, let's see, Tears, Tears for Tears. Fears, Wham, and uh, what's the other one? Um, Soft Cell. Soft Cell. Um, yeah, I don't really, I, I, I don't really know anything about them, but um, I guess I have know enough to know I do, not, knowing what I do, I do not like them. Yeah. It seems like I probably was contemptuous of an MTV song that I saw once. And so that's good enough. That'll hold me through the rest of my life. It's almost over anyway. Yeah. So, um, you, uh, Brian, do you notice anything new about me? You got new glasses. I am wearing new glasses. You like these? I do like those. Yeah. They're, uh, they're, uh, artificial tortoise shell, uh, uh, horn rimmed. Anything else? <laughs> uh, there's a, there's a, there's an impressive mustache coming in, looking good. Oh, you do go on. I am, I am playing with a mustache. I don't think that you should get too uh, accustomed to it. Mrs. Winger hates it, and I don't like it. Here's what you know. Here's what young men listening and. Uh, which I don't think is our main demographic. I don't know the Podbean really like breaks down our demographic all that great, you know, probably the way Anchor does or whatever, but um, I'm sorry. Are you spraining your eyes? (laughs) Rolling them in the back of your head like that. (laughs) So um, I I think that we probably have more damaged women listening to our podcast than we do uh, young men. But uh, we have gotten some reader uh, feedback, including from uh, Devin, and uh, we'll share that uh, before things um, uh, come to an end. So anyway, so uh, this is, you know, a, a lot of guys do this no shave November, right? Uh-huh. So I haven't, I, I don't want to grow a beard. Uh, for one thing, I would look like um, the British actor Brian Blessed who is a 
fine looking uh, overweight uh, veteran character actor. He played uh, the Hawkman uh, kind of guy in the uh, Flash Gordon movie in 1980. He's uh, in the Kenneth Branagh uh, repertoire, <laughs> repertory company. Uh, he played, uh, oh, he was the Duke of Exeter in Henry V. He was great in that. Um, but anything, anything any of our listeners would have seen? <laughs> <laughs> well, by the way, Flash Gordon is like one of Jared's top five favorite movies ever. So he Surprised. knows. Yeah. <laughs> It is a surprise, isn't it? Yeah. Thanks, Flash. So uh, um, the thing is, if I don't shave with semi-regularity, I start to look like an unemployed man with nothing to shave for. And uh, it's uh, it's not good. It, I, you know, it, 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 I, you know, I want to, I, I need to, I like to present myself. Nevertheless, I present myself as, you know, a together person, you know, uh, having said that, uh, I can't help but um, notice that my schedule here lately has allowed me to go several days straight uh, with the minimum amount of shaving and that would include. So, so uh, I am working on a mustache that I don't enjoy. It's more trouble then you think, you think, oh, you just let the thing go and, you know, you don't have to do anything. But that's not true. It's kind of fussy. You kind of got to like trim the thing to keep it out of your mouth. I mean, I don't know how, I don't know how Sam Elliott does it. You know, having that thing that like, you know, curls over like his chin. <laughs> so um, essentially, and I think that this will help our reader, our listeners, uh, get a sense of of the look. Um, but I've found something that makes me look older, while also accentuating my jowly fig, uh, features. So, uh, judge for yourself whether or not it's going to be a keeper. Yeah. Uh, nevertheless, uh, I am. Um, I, I, I have the attitude towards this mustache right now, uh, similar to the Americans in, uh, in Vietnam, uh, which is in for a dime, in for a dollar. Um, and um, similar to the Americans in Vietnam, it doesn't mean I got to like it. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we're in the last week of the month. It'll be all right. I, uh, several years ago, you know, I think every guy at some point, they, they, they kind of mess around with their facial hair just to see what it looks like. Sure. Sure. And, uh, you know, I had a, a stretch, I, I was on vacation for a week and then, you know, and then maybe I was sick for a week or something like that. And so I just like, let it, let the facial hair grow out. And, um, my beard came in, I, you know, my brother has really thick facial hair. I mean, he can grow a beard in a day. Me, it, it takes me a little longer. <laughs> if, if your brother sees a picture of Burt Reynolds, he, he sprouts a mustache. Yeah, pretty much. Um, but for me, it takes a little bit longer and it, it takes a little, it's not quite as, uh, as thick as, as his. 
However, it did start coming in, but it was pretty multicolored. And, you know, I, you know, well, I've how got many a- colors. I mean, you, 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 you had a pepper colored hair and right. now it's, in, it's increasingly salty. What do you mean? <laughs> Tough year, bud. That's the first time I've seen you in profile in a while. Holy smokes. Oh, uh, man. Wow. So, so, Does your mom know how much you look like your dad? Uh, yeah. Has, has, has it come up? It's come up a couple of times. Okay. Oh, okay. All right. We'll, we'll yeah. move on. So the beard starts coming in and it's, uh, there's, there's some, there's some Brown in there. There's some black. There's quite a bit of gray. There's some reds. There's some tan. <laughs> there's some, what do you like the, a calico cat? Oh, that, that's exactly, exactly. And I'm like, what is, what is going on here? And so I was like, yeah, this, this is not, this is not looking good. I don't really like, it. but uh, well, let's see how it looks with a mustache. I shave everything. I left the mustache and Sarah was out for the day. She came back and she comes in the door and she's like, what is that? <laughs> like it took her like 10 seconds. I'm like, what, what's what? What do you mean? <laughs> and uh, I, I will admit it did not look good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to, like I said, I'm not going to keep it, but I, I am a little bit committed to getting to the end of the month, so it doesn't matter. But, um, um, you know, I mean, I, I don't, I don't think, I don't think I need to do anything to accentuate my similar, my, uh, my, my likeness to Andy Reid. Um, so, so like, okay, so like, if I don't, if I don't shave my beard for like, like third or fourth days. So first of all. Uh, I'm, I've got quite a bit of gray in my beard now too. And, um, uh, so I'm not as heavy. I mean, I'm heavier than I should be, but not as heavy as I, uh, have ever been. So right now my, um, I don't have a truly deplorable, uh, double chin, but I do kind of have like this turkey neck thing. Right, which is just like just, you know, it's not exactly Brad Pitt tight. Okay, so he probably sees a guy about that, just for the record. Or, or he really is Achilles. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's one of those two things. I you know I don't know. so anyway, so um, you know how like like some guys who like lift lift weights can like flex their pecs you know and like kind of like alternate from one side to the other mm-hmm. so the other morning i was brushing my teeth and i was like looking at myself and i i realized that i could like flex my jowls and like i can alternate from one to the other yeah it's quite a, it's a good look it's a shame it's it's a shame we don't have a a, a video aspect to this show yeah, there's competitions for that too, just like the bodybuilders. <laughs> the dad games, or uh, you just thinking in terms of uh, those Geico, those Geico ads are just getting better. They are. Oh my goodness. The air, the airport one kills me every time. Should have left it sooner. 
I, I don't know. You know, I got it from my old, uh, not from my dad, uh, who, I mean, I may have only flown with my dad once when I was a child, when we uh, went from Indiana to Denver. Um, uh, I'm trying to think. I, I really don't think we ever flew anywhere. Um, but my grandfather, oh my goodness. I mean, he, I mean, he'd like to go the night before. I mean, if probably could have got a ride. Uh, I'm taking my in-laws to the airport in a week or so. Um, their flight is at 8.15 in the morning. <laughs> what time do they want to leave? 4.30. <laughs> okay, it should be noted that even, even, on, the, uh, even on the Denver um, toll, toll loop, uh, it's like an hour drive, right? It, I can, I, I can get there from here in about 45 minutes. And at that time, I mean, at that, that time of morning, yep. it's going to, it's going to be a piece of cake. Um, listen, I need you to know, I'm really mad at my dog because while she's typically a good girl, I threw some tortillas in a bag on the counter and came back to fire up the zoom call and she really broke protocol, got up on the counter and I'm hearing something and I'm thinking is, you know, is dinner burning? Cause I made, I made a little something, something for Mrs. Winger when she gets home from work. And uh, uh, it turns out that no dinner was not burning but neither will it be served in tortillas. And does my dog have the decency to just eat one at a time? She does not, she just chowed through and so I was made me so mad. I had to, I, I gave her a little swat on her tush. I was yeah. that mad. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've told the story about Scout eating the uh, chocolate chips before. Um, you did. Hey, mister, I think your dog's really sick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're, you ain't kidding. But he's done the same thing with like a loaf of bread. Like he'll just snatch the entire loaf of bread off. The, he would take it off the countertop and then through the dog door <laughs> and it's gone. <laughs> She almost never, nah, she never gets on the counter, but until she did. Yeah. So, yeah. Scout was so controlled by his stomach. Uh, like, and, and he would, and the guilty conscience on that dog, he just, you, you just knew he'd get into something and then he'd walk in and he'd hang his head down and walk real slow. <laughs> Wouldn't look me in the eye. <laughs> it's funny, right? It's like, it is. It's yeah. like, it's hard to stay mad at him. Yeah. Yeah. No wonder your kids are so spoiled. <laughs> Go on. Are, are uh, you going to deviate from our notes? Our well-prepared notes. Howdy. Howdy. Huh? Oh, oh, for heaven's sake. Well, we've only been at it for 15 minutes. Jack's going to have to put the music up front. Yeah. All right. Yeesh. You know what, Brian, talking to you is so comfortable. You know, I just, it just, it just doesn't even feel like we're putting on a show. We just get right into it. Howdy. Welcome to the latest episode of the Managing Expectations podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Winger. With me, as always, the aide de camp, Brian Grimm. Howdy, Brian. Howdy, Jeff. 
Um, so, uh, you know what? We should talk about aid de camp sometime, where it is I learned that word. Um, we, we should, but I wanted to say something real quick. You said that my kids are spoiled, and I think to a certain I extent. I was kidding. They're not spoiled. They're good kids. Well, well but I mean, my, they're spoiled in the sense that anybody in America, in I mean, anybody their age in America is. Yeah. yeah. It reminded me of something that I read yesterday that, like, the CEO of like a multi-billion dollar company and a 17-year-old teenager in Littleton, Colorado have access to the same technology and probably use the same computer and the same cell phone, which is kind of remarkable, don't you think? Yeah, actually, that's a super interesting way of looking at it. So they probably are rocking like an Apple MacBook or a MacBook Pro, and they're probably have a late you know the the newest iphone or at least a generation or two older iphone well i mean a really rich guy wouldn't i mean but you're i i'm you know listen i'm sure i have no idea how your kids are able to get along with those iphone 12s uh they don't have iphone they, they don't have iphone 12s they have iPhone 13s. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they do. <laughs> no, no. Jackson has a, he has my old iPhone 11, um, and that's I mean that's how it goes. When I get a new phone, I pass down my old one to them. Sure, but but well, that I mean, is I would but, think that that's how everybody does it. But. Yeah, but isn't I mean I, I I read that and I thought that that was pretty interesting that um, the access to technology is available to you know no matter who you are. Um, no, that's super remarkable. I mean, that's like so remarkable that, and it's such a deviation from our uh, prepared and agreed upon notes that it really deserves a greater uh, consideration. But um, no, think about it. I mean, I mean, so when, let's say in the eighties, when, when I was young and you were a kid, um, if you had a cell phone, you were like, carrying around one of these things like you know like like yeah i mean it, yeah. it had a it, separate bag for the battery that you had to loop around your shoulder yeah exactly right exactly right and they and and they cost a fortune and they cost a fortune to use i mean it's not like you, you just you know call up and dispute your your garbage bill with the city on on on, on one of those things um yeah so but the technology has democratized now to some extent now and and an upper an upper range iphone 13 is like is it's over a grand i mean is it like 12 1300 bucks i think it's 1200 bucks and it's a lot it's of a money you know <laughs> i mean but i mean it'll, it, it should last Okay, so since I, neither one of us, I don't think, are, I mean, I'm certainly not a guy who's got to have the latest technology. Although, um, I mean, my iPad is starting finally to get kind of creaky and old, so I got to start thinking about that. Um, I'm using um, my phone is, it, it is an iPhone 7, but I, I would like the record to show, to indicate that it is a 7s so that's kind of a big deal 
It's kind of nice. Yeah. Um, uh, no, that's amazing. I mean, you know, I, I guess other things though, uh, clothes and cars, but technology is what you're saying. And, mm -hmm. and, and the way that they would entertain themselves. So if you're a mogul or a teenager in Littleton, Colorado, you, you could be streaming the exact same channels, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. The, 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 you know, the mogul could get courtside, courtside seats at, at a Nuggets game, but. Um, we, I'd have a harder time doing that. Would you? Yeah. No, maybe if you take fewer vacations, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's just interesting to think that that uh, Elon Musk and Jackson Grimm could be streaming the same episode of Squid Game. I, yeah, it's that is a disturbing thought. I'm joking. I know you are. I know you are. Everyone listening, Brian doesn't let his kid watch Squid Game. I'm sure, he uses a V chip in his in his television. Do they they don't still have V chips now? You just no. They have they have parental parental controls. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, well, I mean, I've said for a long time. Uh, well, and 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 a lot of people say this. I mean. Who, who would want to, I mean, what middle-class American would want to, uh, put it this way, would you go back to like 1901 and change places with John D. Rockefeller, who was the richest man in the world? You didn't have penicillin, you didn't have anesthesia, you didn't have... Uh, stuff <laughs> this is what happens when we de deviate Z from our agreed upon prepared zoom notes. didn't have zoom certainly didn't have the managing expectations podcast yeah how did how did rockefeller get along so you know whatever i mean you know if you're a rich guy i suppose you lived in new york city you would go to the opera you'd go to the theater um but, you know, his house would have been freezing cold, right? I mean, you know, you got servants. Uh, well, Rockefeller would have had an in on standard oil. So he probably had as, as nice a heater as could be found. But, yeah. you know, think, think about the kings of England, right? I mean, you know, one of my favorite movies ever is uh, The Lion in Winter with Peter O'Toole and uh, Catherine Hepburn. We've talked about it before. But I mean, one of the things that's so great about it is it, so it takes place on Christmas Day in like, I don't know, 1500s or something. And it's like freezing cold. They're in this castle, you know, the most powerful man in all the land, the king of the entire realm. And he's like freezing and there's no warm water. You know, it would have been, it would have been miserable. You know, how did you keep like, you know, you know, I don't know. All those layers. Mites and scabies. Well, and the layers were like, you know, uh, let's see, hair shirt, burlap, fur. <laughs> that's that's the key, Brian. You gotta you gotta you gotta dress you gotta dress in layers. So when my fur gets a little warm, I just strip down to the burlap. 
So, okay. So I don't want to spend a bunch of time on it, but I did have some NFL thoughts. Okay. Let's go. Uh, so first of all, uh, as we record this, the uh, struggling Kansas City Chiefs defeat have defeated the um, uh, heretofore impressive looking Dallas Cowboys. Uh, the the Chiefs defense, which has been terrible, looked like porous. The <laughs> they looked porous, Horace. <laughs> and yesterday they looked like the '85 Bears. They looked great. They looked great. Uh, the Titans lost yesterday, uh, which is, and they've been looking really good. Uh, Green Bay lost yesterday. They've been looking really good. No, they didn't lose. Oh, they did lose. That was a close game. It was a really close game. It was a really close game. Um, so there's a couple of other things, though, and I don't want to, like, you know, get off on a whole thing. So so anyway. The, the, the Bills lost. The, What's that? The, the Bills lost to the Colts. They got killed. Yeah. And people were saying that the Bills are, were, are arguably the team to beat. But, I mean, you know who's going to be there at the end, don't you? Speaking of the AFC East. The Pats, oh. yeah, yeah. What they've won five in a row. <laughs> the hoodie, the, yeah. the hoodie's going to have them back. I mean, they've, they've got a talented quarterback, young quarterback. I, when you shake your head, I honestly don't know if I'm being factually inadequate or you're just shaking your head at the at the great um, uh, injustice of it all. I don't. I don't... Jake, I'm shaking my head at this point at the great injustice of it all. Later on, it could be because that you're not being factual. Can you <laughs> can you like hold up a can you do a sign or something so I have so I can read your? Okay. Oh, I gotta keep I gotta I keep you on your toes. That's what makes it interesting. Ooh, we don't want to talk about my toes. You ever seen the feet like the of a of a statue of like a gargoyle or a griffin or something? Yeah. That's what my that's what my toes look like when they were really hurting today at work. I actually I actually took a sock off just so just so um, I wouldn't be squeezing my toes so much. And I got these other shoes. I'm trying to I'm trying not to wear the exact same pair of boots, so I was wearing a different pair of boots. It doesn't matter. But while we're talking about uniforms and and clothing, a couple of things, a couple of a couple of thoughts. First of all, I think that my Feelings for the Pacific Northwest in general are well known. Uh, uh, it, you know, it it it's that Super Bowl. What it was, it Super Bowl Forty Nine, where the Seahawks beat the Broncos so badly, um, was just the worst fan sports fan experience of my life. It was worse than watching Montana's Forty uh, Nine er team put up 55 against Denver because because Denver really because nobody could beat that 49er team and San Francisco almost did beat that Seattle team and Denver could have if if they just didn't play the worst game of football I've ever seen yeah honestly uh so the Seattle Seahawks I don't know if you know this but one of their colors seems to be glow stick green. Yep. I don't know if 
uh, they break those out for like when they're dropping ecstasy and they're at a rave or something. That's that's the color rush uniform. Every every team they they have a color rush uniform. It's a way that the NFL sells more jerseys, and so uh, they they pick one of their colors and they they wear it head to toe. And does that explain why uh, your Denver Broncos were in creamsicle orange from neck to toe? I wouldn't say that's creamsicle orange. Creamsicle is more is no creamsicle is more like the '80s Sam Weish Tampa Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That's creamsicle. All right. What color was were the Broncos wearing? It, it's 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 akin to glow stick orange. It's glow st- or glow stick green. It's glow stick orange. It's it's the it's it's. Are there it's like, are there orange glow sticks? Haven't you been to a rave in the past fifteen years? Well, <laughs> figure I haven't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's, 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 it's the highlighter, you know, it's, it's that highlighter orange color. I thought green was the color that you went to. I thought that was your go-to glow stick color. Oh no, no, I mix it up. I'll mix it up. So, um, (laughs) you're mixing it up like that one guy, you know, named Sam. That, so that, those were some awkward gestures there, buddy. Oh, haven't you seen the kids? Like they, they dance with the glow sticks. They wave them around. Uh, No, no, honestly, I haven't. And in fact, I even think holding up your phone at rock and roll concerts is not really that cool because lighters are like still cooler. Like, um, you know, like more dangerous. Yeah. Well, well, some guys, when they, uh you know they they like to live a little dangerous when they're at a rock and roll show hey listen there's rocks there's some rock and roll to talk about um maybe next time but uh i just i just bought the uh, springsteen uh no nukes uh concert footage it is unbelievable it is so great i mean it was it was uh he had just turned 30 years old in fact he he turned 30 on one of the on one of the dates and um i mean he he hadn't it was between born in the i'm sorry excuse me it was between darkness on the edge of town and the river they were actually recording the river they they came out and they did this uh benefit for safe energy some nonsense it was after three mile island but they killed they killed and he he was like all rockabilly and he's wearing a uh, he was wearing a, a, a like a, a jacket, and he kind of reminded me of Joe Strummer. I mean, it was almost. I mean, he he wasn't a punk, but it was a punk sensibility. He was a young guy with a ton of energy, and he like hadn't started lifting weights, and he didn't get into the whole born in the USA thing. And um, he was just, he just seemed to be having a ball, and he just blew the roof off the place. It was amazing. I'm telling you, you know, and Galley's done with. Uh, our, our friend of the show, Chris Galley, is is kind of over Springsteen. And look, I'm starting to see through it. You know, I mean, he's, you know, I, I liked his last album, uh, Letter to You. Um, you know, I, but I don't think everything the guy puts out is is gold. And there was that great Onion headline about um, 
Rolling Stone Pan's new Springsteen album only gives it four and a half stars. Right. Um, look, I don't think I don't think everything's great, but it's but he's he's awfully, awfully good. And and uh, even now. And I think it's really hard to be like that. I don't think. Yeah. You know, because I mean, he's he's legitimately been at it for like 45, 50 years. I mean, I think Greetings from Ashbury Park came out in like 71, 72. Wow. And um, I mean, he was a young man. He was, he was just a kid, you know? And um, that's 50 you know, years. I, what? That's 50 years. <laughs> well, if, if that's the date. So, yeah, so close to, yeah, so it had been, I mean, if he was, he would have been like 22. And I just think, look, I was writing poetry. I was writing lyrics when I was 22. And guess what? You will never be hearing on the Managing Expectations podcast. Jeff's teenage poetry. Oh, come on. Maybe, well, you know, the thing is, some of it, some of the best parts of it, your kids need to be 18 before I can repeat it, so... Uh, Greetings from Asbury Park, released January 5th, 1973, recorded June 7th through October 26th, 1972. Okay, so he was born in 49, so he would have been recording that when he was 22, 23 years old. Wow. And he was, and and he said this himself, um, they were looking for the new Dylan. Never mind the fact that the old Dylan was 30 years old <laughs> right <laughs> okay the entertainment industry is brutal uh yeah well i told you that great line um i mean it's great in that it's so horrible and inappropriate <laughs> that i will now repeat it <laughs> but the guy the guy who who uh, the Hollywood producer who who uh, is told that a, an actress is fat but not Jennifer Aniston fat? It's terrible. <laughs> you imagine? Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, yeah, and I'm sure that that guy was in great shape. Who said that? <laughs> I'm sure he was. Yeah. Yeah. That little boy grew up to be Harvey Weinstein. Right. <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, talking about show business. I, you know, I'm flipping through. I'm trying to find something halfway decent to watch with Mrs. Winger, uh, looking for something to be entertained with all of my many streaming platforms, my my uh, pay-as-you-go streaming platforms. So did you know, Brian, that Paris Hilton is back? Um, I, I didn't know that she'd ever left. So. <laughs> Isn't that picture of her getting out of the limo still your screensaver? No, I moved on from that one. The, the one with her getting released from jail is her, is my, uh, <laughs> my screensaver. Um, okay, so so this is a question. And sometimes like when I worked at the bookstore, we would get like these just crap books, right? Like, Like how much would you, would it cost uh how how much would we have to pay you for you to read say the james patterson bill clinton 
murder mystery that was released this year. Something like, I don't know, the president's daughter is missing or some stupid thing. But James Patterson writes about eight books a year. Uh, some of them, I mean, he's, he's, he's like just, he's huge. He is like the number one air, airport bookseller, uh, you know, best-selling author. And so, so yeah, so it's, um, it's bubblegum pop, uh, but for, for books, right? So you could probably get through it pretty quickly. It's probably pretty light. Um, so, but it's yeah. going to stink. It will stink. Yeah. It, yeah. Will, it will be terrible. Right. So how much would you read it for? Would you read it for $20? Yeah. yeah no, come on. Really? D- during these times of want and woe, Jeff, I'm not in the position to turn down $20. <laughs> All right. Well, let me get on to the main thing. How much would it cost for you to sit down and watch the Paris Hilton reality show? about whether she will or won't marry some guy, uh, her fiance, presumably. Spoiler alert, they were, they were married a couple weeks ago. Uh, but you still have to watch it. You have to watch her agonize. You have to watch her like faux emotional torment and her legitimate emotional shallowness. Is... Is Nikki Hilton going to make an appearance in this, or is it just Paris? Who's Nikki Hilton? Her sister. She's married to one of the Rothschilds. <laughs> Did you say the Rothschilds? <laughs> Allow me to take the monocle from my eye. Uh, you know what? You'd have to pay me a thousand bucks. Really? Yeah. See, I would probably, I bet it would cost more than $250, but less than 500 for me to watch that. I would hold out, I would probably hold out for 500. Maybe I go for four. How many episodes are we talking about? I don't know. I don't, well, I don't know. It's probably, I'm guessing six. Let's call it six just for the sake of. Hour long episodes, half hour. I mean. Well, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I assume that they're 42 to 44 minutes because I, don't, I really don't know. And I don't know that it matters. Okay, you're, so asking me to, you're asking me to make a deal on something here. And, and Can we just agree that it's horrible and we wouldn't watch it and no one's going to offer us money to watch it and then that's how that goes? <laughs> Can we Paris, just agree, Brian? It's Paris and love. Um, let's see here. How many episodes? What are we talking about here? What are we talking about here? It's How much episodes. is it going to cost you? How it's much will it cost episodes. you? What's that? It's four episodes. Okay, only four episodes. So that... For my for my money, that would be like 400, uh, 400, uh, 100 an episode. Yeah, I'm going to need 250 an episode. Well, you're in Colorado, so you could probably um, you could probably get that. Yeah. 
So, um, uh, I, I want to go on to another, uh, another movie thing. So I wanted to have some friends over. I wanted to rent. Okay. So I kind of wanted to get Mrs. Winger out to see no time to die. The, the new James Bond. I've been chomping at the bit. I know how it ends. Uh, everybody who's seen it has liked it. They seem to think that the flea bag chick, um, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, is that her name? I think so. It's 13 episodes. You're kidding me. Okay, no. No way do I watch that for a, no. a mere okay. 400 bucks. No way. No. I just way. wanted to clarify we can move no. on to no I'm time. not no sure. I, I mean, honestly, I would like, no. No. Okay. So you can rent it. It's 20 bucks to rent. Mrs. Winger's not going to stand for me dropping 20 bucks for just the two of us. So I'm trying to get people over so we can watch it. Well, you know, the friends. So the house was a mess. So we have refrigerator friends. Do you have, have we talked about refrigerator friends? Okay. No. Okay. So the, there's a, there's a Yiddish word, uh, a schnorrer, a schnorrer is someone who is like a, a just a un, unmitigated mooch. Just, uh, I mean, it's the sort of person who, if they come into your hand, house, uh, opens the refrigerator and sees what you got in there. Okay. And, and, and isn't this true? We all have friends who are welcome in our refrigerator. Without a doubt. And there are others who are like, whoa, dude, whoa. what? No, not okay. You don't know me like that. Yeah. So, so I was making this point one time and, uh, our, our, our friends, Victor and Claudia say, uh, oh, so that means we're refrigerator friends. Okay. So the house was a mess and they are, they are in fact refrigerator friends. Um, Brian, I, I, I know, I know you, uh, have no truck with unearned emotion, but may I just say. Brian, you are my refrigerator friend. Uh, so, so anyway, uh, um, uh, whoever we had, the house was a wreck. So whoever we had over had to be like refrigerator level uh, friends because I didn't want to vacuum and I didn't want to like clean the bathroom extra good. Uh, for those who have, uh, who wonder about uh, my bathroom, I refer you back to uh, one of our best episodes of the day on the Braves, I think uh, episode 57, um, give or take a half dozen, Jack. Okay, carry on. Okay, your friend. So, so we're not going to watch No Time to Die. So instead, we decide to watch the Shang-Chi movie, which came which was on Disney plus I'm actually trying to make Disney plus pay for itself. And it's not really getting it done. I don't have little kids. I mean, I I mean, what's the, what's the jungle cruise jungle cruise. Is is that what it's called? A movie based on a ride at Disney world. Like pirates of the Caribbean. Yep. Was pirates of the Caribbean a ride before it was a movie. Yeah. It's been a ride forever. Okay. I've never been to a Disneyland oh, come or on. world. I never have. Never have. 
never oh, happened. You're missing, when, I was, you're missing when, when we were when we when I was a kid, we didn't have the money. Uh, the coast, coastal America, might as well have been Brigadoon for the wingers. Okay, well you 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 know what? You laugh. I just told you I've never flown with my father. Not like, you know, I need to, but. Um, uh, no, we never, we never went. And then by the time I'm able to get to Florida or, uh, California on my own, you know, I, I'm not not interested in Disney. And I mean, I, in fact, and I look, and I, I know that your family, your wife's family primarily loves it. And I'm, I'm not, I'm not here to, uh, be foul. Uh, that which your wife's family loves or, or that which your wife and children love your wife's family can pound sand with a flat shuffle but <laughs> he looks he looks at the door to see if anybody's listening you are unbelievable i heard i thought i heard something out there uh yeah <laughs> is that my is that my alarm so so um uh, those commercials, uh, you know, and, and I know they're trying to get people back to the park and I know that it's been a tough couple of years because of the pandemic and all of that. And it's just business, but they play on the emotions of children and of parents who probably can't afford it. And, and you told me, I mean, I mean, like going skiing with a family costs Ooh. a fortune. Yes. And, and going to Disneyland is more expensive by a factor. Am I correct? Yes. Okay. So just imagine you're just like some guy and like your little girl's like, oh, daddy, please, I want to do this. It's just like, you know what? I, I hate I hate that. I hate that aspect of capitalism so much, you know, that you just, you feel less than a man if you can't provide this stuff you know whatever i mean every time my anniversary comes around i'm like really but well i guess another year and i can't afford diamonds diamonds are forever so is my scorn (laughs) so uh i wanted to spend a minute talking about the shang chi movie okay because as you know Everything okay there? Everything's great. Did somebody did somebody sense that I was talking about Disneyland and they're, they're nope. checking on you to make sure? No. Okay. No, I just I just I did just get an alert from my Amex that uh, a flight to Orlando was booked, but probably <laughs> probably has nothing to do with what you just said. <laughs> so so uh, in the seventies. Oh, okay. So, so Bruce Lee was um, a legitimate martial arts guy, right? I mean, he uh, he did, know, he wasn't just a performer. I mean, he really lived that. That's style. right. That's right. He lived by his martial code and mm-hmm. practiced a martial art. And in fact, he developed his own. And it was like this, um, you know, synthesis of it was a. June Deco, it's got it's got its own name, and we look it up, but it it doesn't matter. Everybody who already knows knows, and everybody who doesn't know doesn't care. Uh, 
So he developed his own martial art and he did that. And uh, he did Enter the Dragon and he did, um, uh, I don't know, a couple dragon ones. And then he died young. I mean, and I think it was like maybe drug related, you know, but I thought, it was an accident. I thought it was an accident for some reason. Well, drugs can be an accident, Brian. Right. That's true. It, okay. So, um, so there was in the culture um, this introduction of the martial arts. I think a lot of it came from um, the Americans had been, of course, in Southeast Asia for throughout the 60s and the early 70s there were there were there had been US military in the Pacific for you know since since World War II and um, there was like a TV show with uh, David was it David Carradine called Kung Fu mm-hmm. about a, and he plays a Chinese guy wandering in the, the American West and I never watched it but I mean I had friends who did well, you weren't born yet. Honestly, it goes back that far. So, uh, it was, uh, it was, uh, it, it was very much in the consciousness and Bruce Lee like left the green Hornet where he was like the driver Cato and then made these movies. And then there were these other movies. So you had like other guys doing it. So Chuck Norris made his early movies i think he was a bad i think he played the heavy in some of those and then by like the late 70s he was in a movie he was in a movie called a force of one which is like hilarious because my friend bob like got a force of one t-shirt um so chuck norris was in a force of one and he was in the octagon and somehow bob scored a chuck norris t-shirt movie t-shirt grab bag and like all he wore like our, our our sophomore year were these t-shirts a force of one and uh the octagon mom and, where's my force of one t-shirt <laughs> well and he always played it up he made it like seem like uh he was he was uh so poor i don't know i don't think so i think his old man did pretty well but i mean they had a boat so you know come on uh, I actually have a, uh, I found a picture online of Warren Zevon, my, uh, my guy Warren Zevon, and he's wearing a Force of One t-shirt, That's cool. which I, I don't know if I was able to share that with Bob before he died, but I think I shared it with his widow. Anyway, um, so, so Marvel Comics, to get on the bandwagon on what, what would be what would come to be known as like chop socky movies um, created master of Kung Fu. And in fact, there were a lot of karate or martial arts themed comics that hit, but, but arguably master of, of Kung, master of Kung Fu was uh, the best. Uh, Shang-Chi was raised by his father the insidious Dr. Fu Manchu, Oof. right? Which is a character written at the turn of the 20th century by the Brit Sax Romer. And uh, apparently these don't hold up super good. Uh, these are, 
these um, have not so enlightened views. And in fact, I've got a couple of bound volumes of Master of Kung Fu from the 1970s, and they don't hold up especially well, okay? But there was this, there was a particular comic book writer, a guy named Doug Mensch, and he, he kind of turned it into a spy thing. So Shang-Chi, like, breaks off from his father. He sees that his father had been, you know, brainwashed him and had him assassinating people uh, for evil ends to try to rule the world. So then Shang-Chi gets in with the Brit British intelligence and they, you know, work to foil the machinations of supervillain Fu Manchu. And, and then it started getting drawn by a guy named uh, Paul Gulacy, Paul Gulacy. And he was a very talented illustrator. And he would draw, so like one of the British guys, uh, he would draw him like Sean Connery. And, uh, and so it was like having Sean Connery in, in the comic book. I mean, you know, he didn't, they didn't right. say, but it was just, there was a, there was a, a telling similarity. Yeah. Um, in, in, in one like magnum opus, there was a character who was drawn like uh, Marlon Brando. So I mean, it was, it was I mean, and, and it wasn't cheesy. It wasn't hammy. Uh, it, it was it was really well done, though. I had though, to be clear, I haven't reread it, so I don't know if it holds up. Mm -hmm. But I mean, it was like this whole I mean, it, it was kind of epic, you know, I mean, we're like uh, Fu Manchu wants to uh, nuke the moon which will like screw up the, the, the tides and in the ensuing cataclysm, he will rise up and, and rule all the earth from his, I don't know, his orbital, I don't know what it was. I can't remember, but anyway. House on stilts. So, so, so the, and, 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 and not for nothing. And it was just a comic book. And it was the 70s, which were preposterous. But but Doug Mensch wrote like a, a lot of philosoph a lot of philosophy into the character and into the strip. And they examined um, uh, uh, you know, East and West and violence and nonviolence and it, and it was stuff like that and when i was a kid it it, it was it was good i i mean i liked it you know mm -hmm. so now it's 2021 and uh uh marvel uh releases marvel entertainment i guess i don't know the the, the movie side of things releases shang chi and the, the i don't know the adventure, the Ten Rings. I, I, I don't, I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, and it was horrible. People really? liked it. Guys, I like. Guys, I respect. Liked this movie. Now, have you seen it? Mm -mm. No, because you know, no, of course not. Because mm -mm. it's not, it's not fancy enough. It's you probably can't get it in. Oh, hey, saw there's a new Downton Abbey movie coming out. That, you must be very excited about that. <clears throat> Yeah, I we were uh, we got we got fast tracked <laughs> an advance an advance copy on that. You're you're in the uh, Downton Abbey VIP. Uh, the, the, you, 
you you were a Crystal level member of the VIP club. Okay. So anyway, the Shang-Chi movie, and I don't care if I spoil this for you, but you can skip if you want. But essentially it turns out to be Crouching Tiger, Ridiculous Dragon Fight. It, 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 it's so stupid. And not even the exquisite Michelle Yeoh uh, can save it. She was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I'm crazy for her. Mm-hmm. And not just because she is a fine looking woman, exactly my age, but um, you know, she's, she has like a regal bearing. She's played uh, Ann San Suu Kyi. Um, she, she was great in Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, which I really enjoyed the one time I saw it and have mm-hmm. had no desire, none to sit through it again. But I, I, I liked it a lot. I, I, she's got a lot of, I think she brings gravitas to her role. Mm-hmm. You know, so she's she's like ethnic Chinese from Malaysia. So anyway, uh, in the in the 70s, then there were all these other movies, uh, the killer elite uh, with uh, James Caan, where like he has to like to learn how to do uh, martial arts. And so, you know, you started getting into like the white ninja kind of stuff, you know, we're like, oh, OK, well, if these guys have been doing it, it's like totally part of their culture and they've been doing it since they could walk. Uh, James Conn should be able to pick it up in a good montage. Yeah. Um, He's tough. Anyway, it it's all it, it it it's it's all part of the the ferment, and it's all better than Shang Chi and the Ten Rings, mm-hmm. which was which is terrible and not worth your time. Though I would watch it before I watch that Chiwetel Ejiofor movie again, the one with Mark Wahlberg infinite remember we talked oh, about that yeah 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 that was a, that was a terrible movie too mm-hmm. so it seems like i've uh spent some time watching some terrible movies uh, we me, did huh? we did watch no time to die which we'll talk about on another episode maybe yeah i'll i'll get it done in the next couple of weeks i've got i've got some reading to do i've got some writing to do so just there's some things that we're not going to get to, but um, a couple of things here. Um, so I got um, listener Devin uh, texted me. Uh, he said, I loved the sobriety episode. He said, I was listening to it last Saturday when I was getting ready to go to a friend's house. My wife was at the market getting all the things beforehand. During listening, Amber, his wife, uh, calls me and asks about the beer I requested and if I wanted it in a bottle or a can and I just cracked up. Timing is everything, man. So, um, thanks for listening, Devin. <laughs> First and foremost, we appreciate your support and the feedback. Managing Expectations podcast is made possible through by listeners like you. <laughs> uh, the other, and then um, listener Sarah, so not your Sarah, and not my sister-in-law Sarah, but another listener Sarah, uh, was talking about how funny you guys are, and she she'd like to know something about you. So you guys, being J- Jared, being the other one, but you know who knows. Who, who knows what cool hall he finds himself in tonight right yeah 
Um, so why don't we, uh, what we can do is put a pin in this and talk about, um, um, talk a little bit about ourselves. I, I don't want to, I look, I don't want to go full Oprah and I don't want to, I mean, I spoke as much about myself with the sobriety episode as I really feel like getting into, I mean, because while talking to you is therapeutic, um, sharing it with the listening audience, knowing that it's going to be out there forever, knowing that in the unlikely event that I ever actually try to get another job from another <laughs> company. Um, yeah. When you run for office, you don't want stuff coming up. <laughs> right, right, right. I mean, if I get, if I, if I get vetted for some sort of, you know, conciliary position, um, but um, there are a couple of things on my mind. I want this episode out as soon as possible. And we look forward to doing that. I really appreciate you. You, know, you and I really cleared the decks to uh, make this, make this happen. Um, uh, you know, we got, you know, we we're starting the, the holiday season, which I have. So, so a couple of things, I always found them to be incredibly difficult growing up in a dysfunctional household. Hey, there's something fun about me. I grew up in a, <laughs> in a house that was, what's the expression? What's the, uh, I think the clinical term is uh, dysfunctional as hell. Um, and so, uh, so there's that. And it's a tough time for a lot of people. Not so much me, not so much now. But it's a really tough time for a lot of people who have had substance abuse problems to knock it off. Because mm -hmm. because they're you got family around and everybody's family makes them crazy whether they love them or not and um, you know there's just there's a lot of pressure uh, there, there's access to it so um, you know I don't want anybody to spend this coming Thursday alone not when they could spend it with you and me listening to me bellyache about the Shang Chi movie. Right. Yeah. Uh, if uh, your family's driving you crazy, go for a walk and listen to the episode. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and just know it's not the worst Thanksgiving anybody's ever had. <laughs> it's, it's not celebratory, but it's escapist. <laughs> so, um, uh, the, so, so there's that. And, and I would just say, I would just say this too, maybe about my family and the holidays. Um, in my household growing up, Thanksgiving was to Christmas what World War I was to World War II. So it's like, are they really two discreet occasions or are they connected in a way so that the first holiday really just sets the stage for the next one? See, uh, I mean, like if player, it wasn't, similar players, if it wasn't for the disasters, the just the drunken, horrible disasters of Thanksgiving, would the misery and and the and the uh, uh, un unleashed emotion of Christmas uh, have been have been possible. I, I, I don't know. I don't have an answer for you, buddy. 
take the horrors of close combat and trench warfare and then add in automatic weapons and flamethrowers. About sum it up? Uh, yeah, it's a lot like that. God, it's just, just, just terrible. Just, just terrible. Um, so we've got some great things to report. Um, before we talk about our, <laughs> before, because you know, I hate, I hate, I hate to reveal embarrassing facts about myself, but maybe we'll do that next time. Yeah. Um, so a couple of things. One is, there is a new way to um, get behind the Managing Expectations podcast. And it's kind of exciting. It's a little bit sketchy. It's not sketchy, but it, it's a little unsavory. Are we ready to go live with this? I think that we can. Here's the thing. Um, much like the internet is a place that you don't want to wander into every corner of the internet. I think that right. this new platform is a similar way. Would you agree? I would agree. I would agree. I think that we're able to um, uh, say and do things that are um, not hurtful, but which could be misconstrued by the overly sensitive or those with an agenda or otherwise an axe to grind. Because just remember, not everyone out there likes me as much as, as uh, friends of the podcast. Yes. Yeah. So you can, in your web browser, go to managingexpectationspodcast.locals.com. So locals.com is like a social, it's, it's somewhere between a social network and a Patreon. And we're not, anybody can join up, anybody can be our, our friend or, or, or be a follower, whatever they call them. Uh, but essentially, it's where I'm going to be putting things that I write. Um, I'm going to put synopses for synopses for the podcast. I'm going to put um, you know reviews that I write uh, there. I'm going to drop new podcasts there. See, so so it's it's what you get. It's what you get on the podcast and more. Yeah. It, it, it at you know what you know what it does buddy it doesn't just sell the steak now we're we're selling the sizzle yeah yeah and at some point uh when we get um unbelievably huge you know you can monetize it but we have no intention of doing that at this point not when it's just a darn fun and healthy for you and i to talk like this that's right so yeah okay. give it a follow go to locals com and just search for the managing expectations podcast or type in managing expectations podcast.com ah, manage redo or go to your browser type in managing expectations podcast.locals.com and follow us it's going to be fun he's super give fun give it a shot uh, the other thing is a uh, longtime sponsor, All in a Dream Comics and Books, found at 3115 East Colfax Avenue in Denver, Colorado, uh, has a website. 
he's got an informational website. I am so proud of Ray for taking this gigantic step. Man, it's going to be 1996 for this guy before you even know. <laughs> but uh, you can go to allinadream.us, allinadream.us, and get information about the store, what he's about, what's going on. Uh, I was privileged to write um, some liner notes for him about, about, the, about the store, about what he's trying to do about um, what he's up to. So you can go to uh, allinadream.us and uh, check that out as well. So, um, you know, some exciting things are taking place. Also, I cook dinner, but we don't have tortillas. And that's where we're going to have to leave it this time. Yeah. You got anything else? No. No, it's good, good to spend some time with you today and uh, get a nice episode in okay well let's get producer jack on this and um i'll um get him the information he needs from me and then i'll do some stuff on locals.com and uh away we go so listen seriously um after the last couple of years uh uh everybody's everybody's tight everybody's tense uh the idea of getting back together with family uh whatever you know however that however you roll that way don't let it get you down there's great people spend some time with us spend some time with people you actually like even if you're not related to them and uh you know do some good because it's 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 just gonna be fine yep I, I super promise. So uh, on behalf of the aide-de-camp, Brian Grimm, I'm the Managing Expectations podcast host, Jeff Winger. Peace and love. <laughs> <laughs>